Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, April 20th, and we start with local news. Murray County deputies are searching for a thief. On April 16th, an individual entered a property on Rock Springs Road in Murray County and stole several items. The individual was seen on camera carrying the items to the front of the property and loading them into what appears to be a mid to early 1990s red Chevrolet single cab pickup truck. The truck then leaves heading south on Rock Springs Road towards Sal Mill Pike. It is believed the same individual returned on Monday the 17th and stole a 16-foot dovetail trailer. The trailer had white wheels on it and diamond tread on the dovetail. If you have any information, you are asked to contact Detective Steve Kindler at the Murray County Sheriff's Department at 931-375-8694. Or you can email him at skindler, that's S-K-I-N-D-L-E-R, at murraycounty-tn.gov with any information. The big topic of Monday's Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Alderman meeting wasn't exactly an agenda item, but recognizing Ward 4 Alderman Hazel Nieves, who is stepping down after four years of service. Nieves' seat was one of the four seats up for election during the city's recent April 13th election, although she was the sole incumbent not seeking another four years on the board. Her spot, which officially expires April 30th, will be filled by former alderman and one-time mayoral candidate Vincent Fuqua, who now serves on the Murray County Commission. Monday's meeting began with Mayor Jim Hageman recognizing Nieves for her service, not just as a colleague, but as a friend, even if that sometimes resulted in debates and disagreements regarding city business. She has served dutifully and faithfully on the board of mayor and alderman for the past four years, and it is our pleasure to honor her rightly so, both out of respect and out of want, Hageman said. I thank you personally for your service, and City thanks you for your service, and the Board of Mayor and Aldermen respect you for your service, he said. Hageman then presented Nieves with a commemorative plaque. Vice Mayor Kevin Gavigan acknowledged Nieves as his counterpart and sidekick, and someone who managed to always maintain integrity during her time of service. She was also someone not afraid to speak up when it came to city issues. I'm going to miss her here next to me, Gavigan told Nieves. It's hard to make it out of politics with your honor and integrity fully intact, but you found a way to do that. I hope this isn't the end of your civil service and wish you the best of luck in whatever you get your hands mixed up in. Next, he said. Alderman William Pomeroy applauded Nieves' role as having an independent voice and someone who is never afraid to stand up, even if it meant being one vote versus eight, he said. Alderman Trent Linville said having Nieves on the Board of Mayor and Alderman has made us all sharper for being here and that Spring Hill is better for you being here, he said. In addition to her time on the Board of Mayor and Alderman, Nieves has served and been an advocate for many causes and organizations, including Kiwanis of Spring Hill and Thompson Station, as well as the founder of Spring Hill Fresh and the former Pay It Forward Festival. Her contributions as a city leader have included her advocacy for the preservation of the city's historical town center and old town districts. Prior to Monday's meeting, Nieves posted a message on her Alderman Hazel Nieves Facebook page where she encouraged citizens to take a stronger interest in their local government and the importance of being aware of how the city spends taxpayers' money. 
It is my hope I have somehow encouraged each of you to recognize the importance of ensuring your local officials are interested in understanding and acting upon citizens' needs and priorities, Nieves wrote. Local governments that operate in deciding and funding services based on their own requirements and processes instead of the needs of the people they serve has to stop. Your voice is more powerful than you think. Folks, get your get more involved with decisions being made for our city. If you don't, someone else will do it for you, as has certainly been the case, she said. The first phase of Spring Hills Buckner Lane widening and realignment project has been completed. According to a news release from Southeast Venture, who is managing the project, the traffic shift onto the newly realigned Buckner Lane was scheduled to take place yesterday, April 19th. The Buckner Road realignment project is a key component for the overall June Lake development plan and the new I-65 interchange, which is set to open later this year. The construction, which is being led by Brentwood-based Bell Construction, includes the widening of Buckner Lane from two lanes to four lanes with a landscaped median, realigning the intersection of Buckner Lane and Thompson Station Road East, installing new permanent traffic signals, and improving pedestrian and bicycle access, all with the aim of enhancing traffic flow and increasing safety in the area while accommodating increased traffic volume in preparation for the projects being completed. The Buckner Lane project is a critical piece of infrastructure that will serve as a vital connection between the various components of June Lake, Southeast Venture Project Manager Don Alexander said. The realignment will greatly improve traffic flow in the area, making it safer and more efficient for drivers and pedestrians alike, he said. Forthcoming road improvements include the further widening of Buckner Lane south of Buckner Road by the city of Spring Hill. Excuse me, the city of Spring Hill, the extension of Buckner Road to be renamed June Lake Boulevard upon completion between Buckner Lane and Lewisburg Pike, and the completion of a new I-65 June Lake Boulevard interchange. Once completed, the new interchange will provide direct access from I-65 to Spring Hill and alleviate traffic congestion along major north-south corridors throughout the area. Local officials gathered last Wednesday to recognize April as National Child Abuse Prevention Month with a proclamation held in front of the Columbia Courthouse. The proclamation followed the relocation of Child Advocacy Center Kids Place from Murray Hills Church to 800 Hatcher Lane in Columbia. The center, which opened in 1999, also serves Giles, Lawrence, and Wayne counties. The first physical location in Murray County opened in 2011. Charles E. Legandre, Executive Director of Kids Place said an increase of service led the nonprofit to seek standalone space. We knew we needed to provide more privacy than what we had, Legendre said of the new location, which has been open and operating since March. To save to have a better presence and gain the support we need is really important, she said, while adding that the majority of clients are in Murray County. A kid's place serves children and families when there are allegations of severe child abuse, specifically child sexual abuse. Forensic interviewers gather details from the child and record the interviews, which Legendre said is to ensure that the child doesn't have to retell the story. Advocates are also assigned to walk with caregivers through every step of the process, while therapists work one-on-one with the child to minimize the symptoms of trauma. Our goal is to reduce or eliminate those trauma symptoms so that the abusive situation no longer defines the child, Legendre said. The center also has a community awareness program in place, which provides information about body safety to kids at local schools. 
If we teach them how to keep themselves safe and out of harmful situations, then we produce safer children, Legendre said. Staff members at Kids Place, which includes mental health counselors and professionals, also train adults on the signs and symptoms of abuse and what to look for. Legendre said the center works with Child Protective Services, local law enforcement officers, and the district attorney, forming a Child Protective Investigation Team. A fundraising event for Kids Place will be held on April 28th at the UAW Hall in Spring Hill. To learn more about the event, those interested can visit kpcac.org. Spring Hill held its 2023 city elections last week despite having just one candidate on the ballot for each spot on the board of mayor and aldermen. State law requires the election to be held regardless, according to the Murray County Election Commission. Turnout was dismally low at 0.58%, with only 211 of the city's 36,552 voters casting a ballot on the April 13th election. Three incumbents were unopposed for re-election, with John Canapari winning the Ward 1 seat, Matt Fitterer winning the Ward 2 seat, and Brent Murray winning the Ward 3 seat. In Ward 4, former Alderman Vincent Fuqua took the seat, being vacated by Hazel Nieves. Fuqua was elected to the Murray County Commission last August, representing District 5, and previously stated he intended to serve in both positions. At the city's request, the state attorney general had issued an opinion that there is no conflict of interest for Fuqua serving on both bodies. The Murray County Election Commission is scheduled to certify the election on April 24th. This election could be the final one in which Spring Hill voters are allowed to choose candidates from each of the city's wards rather than just the one in which they reside. A bill making its way through the Tennessee legislature would prohibit such elections starting in 2024. Senate Bill 0526, sponsored by Frank Nicely, a Republican from Strawberry Plains, was scheduled to be taken up by the Senate on Monday, April 17th. Its companion bill has already passed the Tennessee House by a 73-20 to 20 margin. According to the bill summary, present law generally prohibits, subject to local approval, the election of a member of the legislative body of a municipality, a popular elected school board, or any other similarly constituted and elected board or commission of a county or municipality through an election procedure requiring candidates to be nominated from a district and elected at large. However, certain counties and municipalities are exempted based on population. The bill would remove that exemption. The Murray County Commission approved unanimously a maximum of $10 million for the expansion of the Murray County Archives at its regular meeting on Monday. The expansion would include upgrading the existing building on East 6th Street and constructing a new portion onto the property, increasing the square footage of the facility from 8,500 square feet to over 18,500 square feet. County Finance Director Doug Luconan explained that funds for the project are partially derived from the Murray County Archives document management fee, which generates about $235,000 per year. Since 2019, the fee has raised almost a million dollars to go toward the project. Adequate facilities tax revenues also used for building projects will also fund some of the debt for the project. Commissioner Ray Jeter inquired if the archives project would limit future capital projects around the county. Luconan responded that funding for the project meets the capital goals of the previous commission, which approved $50,000 for an architect last year. He further explained that $1.7 million in adequate facilities tax revenue is still available to be allocated to other capital projects in the county, including renovations, new buildings, and infrastructure projects. 
As it now stands, $288,000 in adequate facilities tax revenue will go toward paying the debt on the $30 million-plus Murray County Justice Center, while $420,000 would pay debt for the archives project. Plans for the new archives building feature a new research library with multiple microfilm and computer stations, a media presentation room, and records conservation lab. Specialized areas will also be constructed for three-dimensional artifacts, maps and surveys, photography, and other records processing divisions. New insulation, a new roof, and HVAC systems would be installed at the existing 60-year-old building, as well as other updates to the existing structure. The greatest reason for the expansion is that the archives is bursting at the seams. Murray County is one of the few counties in the state to house all of its original records from the formation of the county in 1807 to the present time. The archives staff would like to thank the Murray County Commission and County Mayor for seeing the vision and understanding the importance of this incredible collection of historic documents. By funding this important project, they are ensuring the preservation of these documents for generations to come. It's a gift to the citizens of Murray County, the state, and the nation, because our history tells the complete story like few other places. Once construction begins, the project will take 14 to 18 months to complete. The archives will temporarily operate out of a location at 1301 South James Campbell Boulevard. The archives is currently located and will, after the project is complete, at 201 East 6th Street in Columbia. As longtime supporters of the Boys and Girls Clubs of South Central Tennessee, Puckett's and A. Marshall Hospitality began this week by presenting a $6,000 check to the nonprofit. The funds were the result of a recent competition as part of the Boys and Girls Club's culinary program, with the winning dish being added to Puckett's dessert menu. In addition, Puckett's hosted a Give Back Day, wherein a portion of sales would also be donated back to the Boys and Girls Club. The winning dish was the Presley Parfait, which is served in a mason jar filled with layers of crushed vanilla wafers, homemade banana pudding, fresh banana slices, peanut butter mousse, and whipped cream. It's kind of like a banana pudding, but done in a parfait style. A. Marshall founder Andy Marshall said, it's very popular. Marshall said he is always happy to donate to programs like the Boys and Girls Clubs, not just for their success in maintaining a 100% graduation rate for its students, but because it was the place he received his early education. I was a Boys and Girls Club kid in Memphis, Marshall said. You go about life being busy and raising your own kids, and at some point you start looking back on how you got here, and Boys and Girls Club was a big part of mine. It came at a time when I needed it most, spoke a lot of truth in my life, and gave me a lot of confidence, and I'm just very proud of what they do and the kids they speak to daily, he said. Boys and Girls Club CEO Ginny Wright said she and the Boys and Girls Club couldn't be happier with the continued support Marshall and Puckett's have shown, and that much of the program's continued success comes from donations, volunteers, and other forms of support. Andy and A. Marshall Hospitality have been great supporters for years and years, Wright said. It's just incredible to have community partners who are willing to step up every year. It really does amazing things for almost 1,200 kids per year in Murray County and also Giles County, she said. The Boys and Girls Club is currently gearing up for his summer events, which includes its Hero of the Year celebration, which encompasses six weeks where participants compete to raise the most funds. The winner will be named at a special ceremony at the UAW Hall in Spring Hill on Thursday, June 8th. Tickets to the event are available at www.givesmart.com. All funds will benefit Spring Hill's youth clubs at Marvin Wright, Spring Hill Elementary, 
Battle Creek Elementary, and Battle Creek Middle Schools, which currently serve more than 350 students each year. Free sports physicals are scheduled for Monday, April 24th for boys and Monday, May 1st for girls at Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic in Columbia. All local athletes attending Murray County Public Schools, Zion Christian Academy, Agathas Classical School, Columbia Academy, and Columbia State University, I'm sorry, Columbia State Community College, are welcome to attend. You can visit www.mtbj.net forward slash physicals for paperwork and additional details. This is a long-standing tradition in our community. They hope to see athletes on the 24th and the 1st. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic is located at 1050 North James Campbell Boulevard, Suite 200 in Columbia. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic is devoted to the quality care and health of patients through focused attention on their orthopedic well-being. Founded in 1975 in Columbia, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic provides a complete range of orthopedic services, including the treatment of fractures, total joint replacement, arthroscopic surgery, spinal surgery, and sports medicine. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Lois Poe Gillum, 95, a retired secretary and wife of Boyd Gillum, died Saturday at her residence. Funeral services for Mrs. Gillum will be conducted Thursday at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. Mr. William Lee Barron, 88, a retired educator and a longtime resident of Columbia, died Saturday at his son's residence in Manchester. Funeral services are incomplete at this time and will be announced later by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a sunny to partly cloudy sky day today with a high of around 85 degrees. Winds will be out of the south at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies with increasing clouds overnight. The low will be 62 degrees with winds out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. 
At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Lana Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. In an 11th hour push, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee is backing legislation for an order of protection law, which would allow courts and law enforcement to temporarily remove firearms from people for up to 180 days if a judge finds a person poses a current and ongoing risk of serious harm to themselves or others. Lee on Wednesday called for lawmakers to vote on the bill before wrapping 
finishing the current legislative session, saying, We owe Tennesseans a vote in the wake of the Covenant School shooting that killed three children and three staff members. To be specific, I'm proposing that we improve our state's law so that it protects more Tennesseans and reaches more individuals who are struggling and in need of mental health support, Lee said. There is broad agreement that this is the right approach. It should be that simple. But sadly, it's not, he said. In a video address, Governor Lee said political groups began drawing their battle lines before the bill was even completed. Lawmakers are now racing toward a session end after weeks of contentious gun reform protests at the state capitol, with both chambers expecting to pass the budget on Wednesday. The majority of Republican lawmakers have been hesitant of, if not outright opposed to, significant gun access legislation. Still, they could choose to stay longer to deal with gun legislation that has been called for by bipartisan communities in Nashville and beyond. These are the moments for which the people of Tennessee elected us to listen and to act, Lee said. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is possible when we're talking about the safety of our children, our teachers, and innocent lives. The only thing standing in our way is politics on both sides of the aisle, he said. The proposal includes not does not include, rather, emergency ex parte hearings, the mechanism many other states use when determining emergency firearm revocation, according to a copy of proposed legislation. The legislation would instead allow law enforcement to file a court petition for a temporary mental health order if someone has threatened or attempted suicide or homicide, or places another in reasonable fear of violent behavior and serious physical harm. If the order is granted, the court must require relevant mental health treatment. In the proposed bill, a court hearing must be held between three and five days after the court petition is received, except in limited circumstances. In no event should the hearing be held more than 10 days after the petition is filed. Court-appointed attorneys are written into the proposed bill, and the respondent would have a chance to challenge the allegations in court. The person would also be required to undergo a mental health evaluation prior to the hearing. If the court finds an order should be issued, the respondent would be required to terminate physical possession of all firearms within 48 hours and would also be blocked from purchasing firearms and ammunition for a length of the court order. The proposal mirrors existing legal framework found in Tennessee Code in other limited circumstances, including domestic violence crimes. In Tennessee right now, if a husband threatens to hurt his wife, an order of protection would temporarily restrict his access to weapons to protect the spouse, Lee said. If that same man threatens to shoot himself or a church or a mall, our proposal will provide that same level of protection to the broader public, he said. Advocates against domestic violence have in recent years called for stronger order of protection laws in Tennessee, arguing a legal loophole exists when the court orders a person to give up their guns, but law enforcement doesn't follow up to confirm if they allow if they actually have done so. The law doesn't require a person to turn over their firearms to law enforcement, but rather to a third party, and the person would be subject to a new hearing if they don't turn firearm dispossession paperwork in under proposed time limits. Under the new proposal, it would be a Class E felony for a third party to return the firearms or purchase new firearms for a person they know is under a mental health order of protection. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now our final story. Believe it or not, it's been five years since the primetime TV series Nashville, the country music drama that helped usher in a boom of tourism and transplants in the real music city, aired its final episode. But here's some great news for diehard fans. Nashville is coming back, not to the screen, but to the stage. Cast members Claire Bowen, Charles Esten, Jonathan Jackson, and Sam Palladio will play a reunion concert at Nashville's Ryman Auditorium on September 25th. Tickets go on sale to the general public at 10 a.m. on Friday via www.ryman.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.